0: Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. I'm Chad. And you are joining us today for a recap and discussion of A Court of Wings and Ruin, book three in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Maas. All right, Chad, here we are, in the thick of it, the girthy bits.
1: (laughs) We are in the thick of it, indeed. Oh, man, just a bowl of molasses. (laughs) Sticky, it's collecting. All of the flies, good and bad.
0: This is a hefty book.
1: This was a hefty book. Yeah. I mean, I, I breathed through it. It was a really fun book. Like, there's definitely some definitely some criticisms that I have for it. There's some praise that I'll heap upon it. But please know, through all I say, I think this is a really fun, fun book. And if you like fantasy, if you just like reading, you will enjoy this book. Don't take it too seriously. Read it for what it is. It's a character-driven romance fantasy jaunt i just want that to be my platform going
0: forward <laughs> yeah there's, there's some deep parts in this book just like there were in the last two It's a lot to think about sarah j Moss is throwing a lot at the wall here i mean i've talked at length about how this is my least favorite book in this series mostly because this volume feels so all over the place plot wise there are some terrific action sequences littered in here. And while the first part of the book is pretty solid, I, it, it just gets like messier as it goes. You know, it's just, it Man. keeps, we keep tossing stuff onto this pile. And then by the end of the book, we're left with just, what the hell just happened? But yeah. But the ending is kind of cool. The ending is kind of cool. As thrown together as it is, the ending is pretty cool. It's very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the story, you know, it's yeah. like, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that it probably could have been given a once over, you know, uh, yeah. or a se- <laughs> a, like a twice over yeah. in the editing department.
1: There were some opportunities, which we'll get into a little bit later, for some growth, some depth, some really cool character driven plot elements to come to fruition that I feel like we had all the setup for that then just kind of pittered and died.
0: Yeah, a little bit. But we did get to see a little bit more of some characters. Like, there's more Cassian. There's more Nesta. But then there's also not as much of other characters. So right. It's... And like, did we really get more of Nesta, or did we just get more of Nesta being mad all the time for no reason? Um,
1: this, just being re- a meanie. <laughs>
0: all right. Let's just let's just get into it. Okay. Okay. We're gonna do the we're gonna do the recap. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah, gonna, be it. <laughs> that's gonna be a good one.
1: It's gonna be a good one.
0: All right, uh, if this is your favorite book in the series, everybody, don't worry, we're not going to tear it to complete shreds, obviously. that's why I
1: started with, this is really fun, and you will definitely enjoy this book.
0: (laughs) But Uh, we're going to dig into it a little bit. We're going to dig into it a little bit, yeah. (laughs) All right, here we go. The book begins with
1: Farah returning with Tamlin to the Spring Court, pretending she had been coerced into Rhysand's court against her will. Secretly, Fera is furious at Tamlin's betrayal and plotting her revenge. As per his arrangement with Hybern Tamlin has opened the Spring Court's lands to Hyburn's invading forces. Jurian and two royals from Hyburn arrive in the Spring Court, intent on inspecting the magical wall, separating the human and fae lands. In the Spring Court, Feyre is venerated as the Cursebreaker, the one who ended Amarantha's vicious rule over Prithia. Fera sows distrust throughout Tamlin's court, and undermines the high priestess, Ianthe. She and Tamlin argue, and in one instance, Tamlin becomes so incensed, he causes a room to explode. Pharaoh deliberately keeps her shields down, and Tamlin's court sees Fera's cuts and bruises caused by the flying debris. They begin to hate Tamlin for his abuse. She also incites Tamlin's jealousy by confiding in Lucian. Tamlin's best friend. Feyre accompanies Jurian and the Hyburn royals to the wall to check for holes in the magical barrier. The royals reveal that they are looking for places they can use the cauldron to destroy the wall, allowing Highburn to conquer the human lands and enslave the people. With this information, Feyre is resolved to leave the spring court and return to the night court. Feyre later finds Ianthe sexually assaulting Lucian. She breaks into Ianthe’s mind and compels the priestess to stop, but the Hibern royals find her and reveal that they have been poisoning Pharaoh for weeks. Pharaoh and Lucian kill the royals, but their physical strength and magical strength is sapped from poison. She agrees to take Lucian with her to the Night Court. They travel through the Autumn and Winter lands and are confronted by Lucian's brothers, but Azrael and Cassian intervene and escort the two back to the Night Court. Feyre is reunited with Risand and happy to see her friends healed from their confrontation with the King of Hybern. Her sisters, who were forced into the cauldron and transformed into High Fae, are angry, depressed, and distant with Feyre. The cauldron has made Elaine a seer, while Nesta went into the cauldron and stole death from it. Since Hybern intends to put the cauldron in a weak spot in the wall to destroy it, Feyre asks Nesta to use her connection to the cauldron to patch the holes in the wall nesta and amrin begin searching for useful spells in the book of magic Thera asks the bone carver to fight alongside them in the war and he agrees but only if she can fetch the magical ouroboros mirror for him the mirror forces a person to see your true self those who have tried to take it in the past have been driven mad the carver will need a fey body to leave his prison Another creature, Briaxis, agrees to leave its prison in a pit to help fight in the upcoming war. Elaine sees a vision of a mortal queen who is cursed to turn into a firebird every night. Lucien volunteers to go find the queen and ask for her help in the upcoming war. Grisand calls a meeting of all the High Lords, but before they convene, Hybern attacks the Summer Court. The Night Court goes to help and finds a slaughter in progress. Feyre and Morrigan fight through all the soldiers they encounter, while Risand tries to reach the king, who uses magic and illusion to evade his capture. Hybern withdraws and the fighting ends, but the casualty count is high. Hybern's forces are still considerably larger than Prithian's, and all the Fay courts must be united for them to stand a chance against so large an enemy. The meeting of the High Lords is held in the Don Court, a neutral territory. All the lords participate, including Bayron from the Autumn Court and Tamlin. Both verbally attack Feyre and Risand, accusing them of working with Hybern. Tamlin is particularly bitter about Feyre's betrayal. Her plotting left his court in shambles. As a result, the Spring Court has been taken over by Hybern, and its people were forced to flee to other courts. Nesta's connection to the cauldron makes her ill with a sense of foreboding, just before a huge wave of power sweeps across the land. And the cauldron brings down the wall. The High Lords, except for Baron and Tamlin, pledge to work together against Hybern, and they all leave their respective courts. Farah and her family travel to the human lands to warn them of the coming threat. Elaine glamours herself to look human, so she can plead with her fiance to take as many people as possible into his father's fortress. When Grayson sees Elaine, he knows she is Faye and rejects her. Jurian is also there to warn the humans about the war. He is not the enemy, but instead has been spying on Hybern, working to undermine the king and save the humans. He tells Reese that Tamlin went back to Hybern and betrayed the high lords, and Hybern is planning to attack the Summer Court again. Using Jurian's information, the Fae ambush Hybern. There is a bloody battle, but these soldiers don't make up the bulk of Hybern's army. Fera goes to ask a magical creature, the Suriel, if it can see where the King of Hybern and the rest of his army are hiding. The Suriel tells her that the cauldron cloaks the king's location, but Nesta, with her connection to the cauldron, can find both. The Suriel also tells Fera that Amran and a spell in the Book of Magic are the key to winning the war. Ianthi finds Fera and kills the Suriel. She pursues Pharaoh through the woods and Feyre traps the priestess and her soldiers by luring them inside the weaver's cottage, where the monster eats them. Helion finds Pharaoh in the forest and takes her back to the war camp. Nesta opens a link between herself and the cauldron and finds its location, but the link goes both ways and the cauldron sees their location too. In the night, Elaine is kidnapped and taken to Hyburn's camp. Phara disguises herself as Ianthi and sneaks into Hyburn's camp to rescue Elaine. She receives help from Jurian and Asriel, and as she flees with Elaine, the king sends his hounds to attack. Tamlin, who has been secretly working against Hyburn from the inside, shapeshifts into a lion and saves their lives, allowing them to escape. Phara retrieves the Ouroboros mirror, and the bone carver pledges his help. As both sides prepare for battle, the bone carver the Weaver, and Briaxis join the front lines. Surprisingly, Baron, Tamlin, and Grayson's armies join the battle against Hibern. Feyre's father and Lucian have found the Firebird Queen, and her army joins the fight. Miriam and Dracone's armies come to Prithian's aid as well. Even with the additional help, the fight does not go well for the human Fey army. The Cauldron destroys the Bone Carver and wreaks havoc on the Nightcourt's army. Nesta amasses her power as a distraction for the king, while Amrin and Feyre go to the cauldron to nullify its power. Feyre touches the cauldron, and its magic traps her. Amrin goes into the object. Amrin lied to Feyre. The spell is not to nullify the power in the object. Amrin uses it to unbind herself from the body she is trapped in. Nesta and Cassian face off against Hybron. The king kills Nesta's father, and nearly kills Nesta and Cassian when Elaine stabs him in the neck from behind. Nesta then beheads the king of Hybern. Despite the king's death, the battle rages on. Amrin transforms into her true self, a winged creature of blinding light. She unleashes volleys of flame on the enemy hordes before burning out. The broken cauldron begins to pull everything into its void. Fera tries a spell to fix the cauldron, but her power is not strong enough. Rhysand gives her his power and in doing so, sacrifices his life. The cauldron is fixed, but Fera is distraught and demands that the other High Lords resurrect Rhysand like they did for her. They all do, including Tamlin, and Rhysand is brought back to life. When Rhysand died, he saw Amran in the cauldron and asks if she wants to come back. She does. And then is given a resurrected High Fey body. After the battle, Phaera, Nesta, and Elaine burn their father's body. Phaera asks Miriam and Dracon to hide the cauldron on their island. Vassa, the Firebird Queen, asks Pharah to work on a spell that can break her curse. Pharaoh calls a meeting to discuss a new treaty between humans and Fae before she, her friends, and family
0: return to Valeris and the night court. all right when you say it all out loud like that it doesn't it's not so complicated no no pretty simple <laughs> things happen yeah oh things th- you know
1: one thing that you cannot one finger you cannot point at this book is to say that things are not happening the story is not progressing oh it's progressing. Not going and getting stuff
0: <laughs> it's progressing uh past anything we're not giving things time to make sense sometimes it's just like that happens and then now now go, we're over go, here go, okay go. cool Oh, yeah that, that is kind of like one of my chief like complaints about these like this book in particular but the other ones kind of do it sometimes but you know like nesta opens up her connection to the cauldron it's like well how though like what is like i get that she right. was it, she was in the cauldron but like it's kind of like what i talk about sometimes when i reference the pet peeve that i have of magic just magicking it's just you try you try hard hard. you think really hard and it happens um but i think with these books we need to get a move on it just happens so but it's also i told myself eh.
1: that like a million times while reading these books like chad it's kids about characters it's about the relationships about the interpersonal connection personal growth overcoming trauma it's not about how the magic works like world she's not brandon sanderson building a magic system and talking right. about flecks of metal burning in her stomach like it's fine dude but <laughs> man there was a few times that i was like what <laughs>
2: like,
0: okay <laughs> sure sure yeah that's a big word for this book is sure yeah sure elaine stabs sure. the king of highburn from behind sure Sure, okay. just puking
1: uh, on the battlefield. Uh, not that, <laughs> three chapters of four, sure. Magic powder takes away your magic, sure.
0: Feyre and Rhysander are hooking up in a tent while everyone's dying around them, sure. Yeah,
1: blowjob death, <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. That I mean, did happen, though, like, wow. Oh, yeah, that did happen. We were all there for it. <laughs> yeah. that, they were, you know, it. what What would we do in that situation? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I would do the same thing. Probably not, but I'd maybe probably be fighting, <laughs> <laughs>
2: or sleeping,
1: <laughs> or sleeping. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, it would it would
1: tire you out. But I never thought I would say this, but I'm almost tired of perfect sex. <laughs> like you know, I I kind of wish Resan would have like gone
0: soft halfway through a couple times. Yeah, you know, like just a
1: few times. Yeah, like he's stressed out. Sex. Like why not? Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. Because yeah. like, yeah. it's that not made... happening
0: tonight. You know. yes
1: yeah now there is one night that ferris says it's not happening tonight i just am like sad i forget exactly what it was but i was refreshed i was like all right
2: cool there we go
1: you know we need to have some valleys because we're just
0: peaking (laughs) too hard (laughs) we're peaking a lot constant peaking there's a lot of sex scenes in this one it's a lot of sex um, scenes which I mean, I personally never really have a problem with them. It's always kind of—I don't think it's kind of cool when they like uh, they're, <laughs> but when they're in the library that one time, and they're like, "All right, let's go get it on again." And I was—I kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, "Oh my god, like again?" And then right, so, like, and then everybody like broke in there and uh, they couldn't, you know. So that was that was kind of totally. kind of nice. Um, but I—I think I feel what you're saying. I mean, uh, I think there's a phrase that I'm going to repeat probably a couple times during this episode, but it's—it's it's a fantasy. So the the perfect sex aspect of it is part of the fantasy. Totally. Like how much Feyre and Rhysand are just, <laughs> they're obsessed with each other. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, let's talk about resand real quick. Okay. I don't know how you feel, and I want to—I want your opinion on this too, but I did not like Rhysand as much in this book as I did in A Court of Mist and Fury. What about you? Same. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah. He
1: was fine. He, he was boring
0: right yeah i feel like his he, his it's kind not like of didn't like him he was just like oh no, of not course there. how could you not like Resand? obviously right. but i mean he's he's like overprotective to the point that it makes him kind of a flat character like, there's nothing wrong with him being overprotective it's part of his character but it was his whole thing in this book it's like that trait and that sacrifice of, yeah, like that that trait kind of pushes out the sharp-witted character that we had in the previous book. He was he was almost like a little mischievous, very much he was oh, yeah. much more flirtatious and fun and
1: He's the Matthew McConaughey of Fay. He's constantly relaxed. He's like, "Hey, man." In the previous like, book, but in, in, in this books, one, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, he's wound up so tight. I mean, and obviously the situation is very dire. Prithian is more in danger than it ever has been. He's in a position to be able to help quite a bit. Probably one of the highest positions to be able to help as much as he can. And so I understand that the amount of pressure that's on him, obviously, but it's just considerable. It's he felt kind of flat for me in this book, and I really yeah. like Resand is one of my favorite characters in this entire series. And that was one of the things about this book on my on my read through where in Cordemis and Fury, every time he walked into a room, I was stoked that he was Stoked. in the room and then yep. in this book i was kind of like uh like he's such a wet blanket like he's yeah just, you know um not it's not super bad but it's just uh like. I-, I gotta say i kind of feel the
1: same for both Farah and resand and another character that i'll get to here in a second but their relationship in my opinion because everything should Follow my opinion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why we started a podcast, you know.
1: Right? Uh, They they need a little more conflict in their relationship. Like, I get that Reese and is the perfect mate, and she is like, they're they're perfect for each other. But he's like, so like, yup, you get it, you do, you like, maybe have something that he doesn't understand about women, and through her explaining, like, hey, it wasn't cool when you did that, and he's like, oh yeah. Like, it's not, like, have, it like, an aha or something, because, like, it's just too perfect.
0: It was boring. I think I'm going to disagree with you there, because okay. there is there is a conversation that Rhysand and Feyre have that is very akin to a, a really healthy conversation that a lot of couples have, which is that kind of permission to call each other out on stuff and to hold each other accountable for things. I thought that yeah, was
1: a, I guess it's not really an hold argument. hold each other accountable like have a scene where that happens
0: you know <laughs> like that's fine <laughs> okay but i'm just saying i'm just saying that you're, you're, yeah it's not it's not like this it's not this whole 100 like gilded perfect thing like they do you're have right. but they are i i guess i would agree with you in the sense that i guess in this book they don't really they don't really come to a head about anything they don't really um hard disagree on anything
1: right there's no um, hurdles in their relationship that they need to I guess overcome.
0: not not really but i think that that's not like this book isn't really about Feyre and Resan's relationship because that was what the last book was about you're right like this th- like i think at least what Moss was trying to do was have their relationship kind of be this this realized thing that they could move through this conflict together in yeah and it wasn't necessarily like Alright, so we're going to have this giant, you know, focus on Prithian being under attack by this other force, and also have Risan and Feyre working out their relationship. Like, we couldn't have both, you right. know? And so I that's... Mean,
1: this, in In support of what you're saying, this was a busy story. Right, so if is, you had so... thrown
0: in, like, them having those hurdles, I feel like it would have just, it would have yeah. been even more messy. That's not to say that it, you know, I mean, it's, it's not... Super realistic, but I don't think we're going for realism in no, relationships no, but here.
1: It, it wasn't that interesting. You know, like last, oh, I see what you're last saying. Last okay, book, yeah. there was like every time that they were having a conversation, they were like growing or figuring something out about each other, or learning, or picking or at each mad other, mad at him. Yeah. And it was like, there was just like, okay, cool, we're good. And it's like, okay, that's great, but like, well, there's so I many moments
0: know. in this book too where they kind of like send these cute little like texts to each other through the bond. <laughs> yeah. You know, Bond's and it's like, text. it's like, this is a really serious situation and you guys are like <laughs> giggling <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I kind of love it too because I'm, I'm a sucker for flirting I love flirt- flirting and fl- flirtation and um I love it when a couple that's kind of like established and is committed and serious can still flirt with each other and they're yeah. kind of still pursuing each other in a way sometimes which is so cute and awesome oh totally. and they can still it, flirt
1: with other people you
0: know like like yeah. kind of like playfully
1: you know like i flirt with like yeah. my dude friends i probably yeah, flirt totally. with you you know yeah
0: we flirt yeah. all the time it's i mean it's <laughs> uh, so I do, I do see what you're saying though cuz it's it's not it's not as big of a part of the book as it was in the previous book
1: yeah and i really like that in the previous book
0: yeah and it, it maybe it would have been nice if um, we had seen that same budding kind of like cute relationship between anybody else. And I think it's attempted kind of with ne- like Nesta and Cassian, <sighs> but it's just, there's not really any of that in this book.
1: I didn't have that thought until you just put it in my head, but that's exactly what this book needed. It needed that little spark. Cause that's like kind of the, like a, a really like pillar that holds up these stories is like that flirty love spark that first six months of the relationship yeah. juice, you know? Yeah these books are rich in it and this last one really wasn't but it so easily could have been that's i think that's my biggest qualm about if there's any big complaint that i have it's that there's a lot of unfulfilled potential in this story in their relationship being more interesting in Lucian's character he's one of my favorite if not favorite characters yeah he does nothing in this book
0: he gets like sent away. But well, Lucian's in like a really weird spot too, because he's just been taken out of the spring court and kind of like the reality that Tamlin is a pretty awful person is kind of oh, yeah. really hitting home for oh, him. Oh he's and, been cast adrift. Yeah, and he's in a place where people don't trust him and I mean I, I Yeah, but I have him stay
1: and struggle with that and become part yeah. of the crew through this like that was, that was kind for of some sure. sandpapery no, yeah. friction yeah. I
0: needed, you know? Yeah, I guess that's a good point, is that um the friction was hinted at but not really shown yeah uh, with lucian
1: man we could have had this cool growth and him like moving in on the next chapter now i don't know what the next books are about maybe that happens but like i just thought that he could have become when he was leaving with pharah i was so stoked so i was like yes that is
0: what they and lucian adventure yeah, yeah we
1: needed like pharah and lucian to be i wanted lucian to be with the crew re inner circle
0: it makes sense that they're not very accepting of him though obviously right, right? i mean it's a pretty tight-knit group and letting in somebody that was so close to tamlin in a supporting capacity not not like pharaoh was because pharaoh was obviously really close to tamlin but she was in there in a whole different way different way different um, way yeah but yeah let's talk about the beginning of the book a little bit because and we can okay. kind of like wrap back around to Lucian um when him and pharaoh escape but uh one part that really stuck out to me was Feyre <laughs> forcing e f to bash oh, her hand boy. with a rock um Feyre wow. was a little
1: feral a few times in these it was dirty, and it was kind of gross. I was like <laughs> I was like, rise above it, don't sink to it, and some it just seemed like like the a very bullyish sort of move, and it's like i, mean, to- I was i was was, I was doing loving right it. before that though. oh I was yeah, loving it, yeah. but like the base side of me was loving it. You know, it was appealing to my, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there could have been a, a cleverer way for that feeling to be generated without having like a just mangled hand. Like it was just so brutal and crude. I think it was crude is the word I'm looking for.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think um, to kind of pile up onto what you're saying there, I thought like Pharaoh, why don't you just, if you're going to be this brutal, just killer yeah and because she's kind of monologuing and then the other two royals happen upon them and it's like you this <laughs> yeah. whole situation could have been avoided if you just like hey, you just got classic like, obviously persons. she's terrible so just take her out if you're going to be this brutal about it it's obvious it would be a net benefit to this entire scenario but no you wanted to like monologue and i felt like it was just a little bit out of character for Fera. yeah um, but like I said, it was to too be fair, But to be fair, what was Ianth doing right before Thayra happened upon her and Lucy Oh, I mean, she was I mean?
1: sexually assaulting us Right, Lucien. exactly.
0: So uh, I totally get the vitriol. Oh, she I deserved get, it. Yeah. Um. But like this, man, Sarah... Miss, Mrs. Mass, like the, <laughs> the Mrs. Mass. Mrs. Mass. Um, the, the description of like the rock is it was like a wet thump first, oh and then there was goodness. a crack and, and then, then it's then it got like crunchy,
1: dude. Ugh, uh, gross. And then sticky yeah, it was I mean her descriptor <laughs> words, you know. like we said earlier, I think last podcast, if this story was a forest, it would be a jungle, because it's like tweety birds and bright colors and plants
0: trying to kill you just everywhere. It's great. Speaking of Moss's vocabulary, uh the, the word mate is really abused. <laughs> it is
1: book. so <laughs> abused. There are a few things that are very abused. Yeah, the in this uh,
0: book. The, the M dashes and the ellipses. Yep, um, the
1: corners me... twitching of people's mouths.
0: Oh yeah, people's mouths twitch up quite a bit. Yeah. Yep. That was a thing in Lycanius uh, too. Yeah, was, uh, that was a thing in like Licanius,
1: yeah. huh? Um, there was another one that was like, "Oh man!" Vulgar
0: gesture makes another appearance in this book quite it often. It does. It yeah. makes
1: twenty or thirty vulgar, vulgar gestures uh, as well.
0: Yeah, so still a lot of smirking. It's a thing.
1: Yep, it's a it's thing. Funny. Also, like funny body heat tropes. You're like, the only way we can survive the cold is by cuddling tonight. Like,
0: oh, that's great. Yeah, we it love was to great. See it. it was great. <laughs> uh,
1: it, it was weird that it was Feyre and lucian who kind of have like a brother sister thing going on but i mean i would cuddle with my sister just survive a mountain so right whatever.
0: exactly and i mean like lucian's so hot
1: yeah <laughs> like lucian's yeah so that's hot. why i wanted more of him okay yeah. this is just to like kind of circle back to the hand mashing thing um sure if, why not yeah <laughs> if pharaoh would have like had a night of like man there would have been a better way I could have handled that, like a little bit of trouble in her mind because of it. That would have satisfied me, because then I would have gotten satisfied with the revenge base um, instincts are fulfilled and sated,
0: yet also like, eh, kind of a Like, a, like a retrospective vibe check, kind yeah, of, on yes, that. Yes. Yeah,
1: yes, That's a brilliant way of putting it, a retrospective vibe check, and I would have been like,
0: totally, I feel you. Yeah, but she because... was just
1: kind of like, ha ha, got her good. And I was like, wow. <laughs>
0: Well, and that's why, I mean, it's it's a little bit more of a, it's a, a, it felt a little out of character because, I mean, Feyre is not that one dimensional. I mean, she does have some deeper aspects of her and we are seeing most of this book through her eyes. And for the most part, I feel like it's a pretty, she's got a pretty nuanced way of looking at things and she's a good point of view character for these books. And yeah, it was just, I agree with you. That is kind of weird. I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit when, you know, the royals were like, ah, we, we've actually been poisoning you this whole time <laughs> and, sh- and then she's like they like defeat them and she's like oh wow this poison's really getting to me and it's like <laughs> right now like you haven't noticed it at all oh, wow. up until this exact point when you and Lucien have to leave after you've already killed the people that poisoned you it's like oh here comes that poison it's like wait this has been going on for months how have you not yeah that was weird yeah
1: yeah and and then you know like the first time she sees them they go into her they're like all sitting around the dinner table and like Lucian and tamlin don't have their walls up because they're distracted or something and i don't know why and so she like group casts and does like a mental shield protection for the whole party she's able to hold both twins off it's like I didn't even know she had mind powers before this book and now she's oh, like she telling people like forget this forget that you did this think about it. it's like what
0: are you death note over here like I mean I think that she's been honing if, if any skills have been honed it's it's her mind uh, powers like uh, her and mental controlling had been... other people um, like shields I'm, I get yeah but she was I'm telling trying... people
1: like straight up, forget that,
0: yeah, I can't remember actually if um I know that her and resand had done some training on it, and she I mean, as far as you know her being exposed and kind of immersed in certain aspects of the training of her powers, I think that the the mind aspect of those powers has been the most honed, yeah. Um, uh, and that's pretty earned pretty fair uh, but yeah, I don't know if it's to the, the point where I don't know if it's to the point where she can like literally control the minds of other people
1: yeah I mean there was parts you know she literally told ianthi like you'll never be able like you'll have to forget this and you won't yeah. be able to talk about this or anything and then there was a part where there uh she made she had planted a seed inside a guard that Iantha did something or she didn't do something and then removed that at the perfect time when during her uh during his uh judgment or whatever and he was like it was her and it was it was masterfully done but it was just like whoa she has ultimate xavier control over this person's brain right now
0: so this is the third book in what a lot of people call the the tri- the first trilogy um i don't know how accurate that actually is but th- these three books are looked at sometimes as like a trilogy and then we've got a court of frost and starlight to to break it up and then a court of silver flames is from nesta's perspective so by the end of this book personally i was getting kind of like all right let's i don't want to i don't want to be with Feyre anymore nope. i'm, I'm kind of done with Feyre she's not the most interesting character in these books no by a long shot i mean personally i think like my favorite characters are nesta cassian and Azriel. those are my three favorite characters in this in this whole series i like elaine a lot too yeah Feyre i don't know she she gives me kind of like like Harry Potter vibes. I would say Amran uh, Cassian and uh, really oh, and cool Lucian. Amran yeah. Cassian God, and
1: yeah. Lucian, are my favorite. So,
0: so it's kind of a it's kind of a Harry Potter situation for in my opinion, where like Harry is not that interesting of a character. He is the point of right. view character, but him being kind of not as interesting almost makes the other characters around him shine. Totally. And they
1: have the one shared trait that is very important for this driving character to have, which is they get it done sometimes even self-destructively yeah. so you know they just yeah, like they're move very the proactive forward so
0: super proactive
1: yeah they're um, a good person that, to be holding the camera
0: yeah and i mean say what you want about favor but i mean her intentions are very good she's super proactive uh i mean she does a fairly decent job at like listening to her friends and listening to the counsel from other people like she doesn't just as these books go on, she's she's a little more cautious and open to new ideas and things like that. Whereas in the first book, you know, I mean when she leaves her estate uh, to go rescue Tamlin, it's just like full steam ahead, not going to pick up any weapons, not going to try to like protect myself or anything. <laughs> yeah. And when you were kind of dishing out some hate about that in the first book, I remember thinking like, yeah, but that's there and you can see the growth happening over these books and to her kind of like developing into this high lady of the night court, this this wise in the ways of the world person, yeah. at least more so than, so if you look at it through the lens of these three massive books, um, you can see her arc and the improvement in like her kind of like savviness. Totally. Um, which is really I'm... cool to look at, but by the end of it, it's like, okay, Let's move on to somebody else. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Like, uh, it's Holy a lot of face 100% sand. One hundred percent with you. Yeah, face sand. <laughs> face sand. But you know,
1: there were good things too. Like you said, she learned. Um, there' a really awesome part of this book that was just a really cool thing to keep her character like interesting and not so perfect that you're like, we get it. Um, was her flight? You know, she wasn't great at that. It hurt a bunch. She was sore. Whenever she was alone, like traveling to the library on her own, she'd try to like flap around a little bit and like totally eat shit, which was great. Very clever writing,
0: yeah, and like I said, it's a fantasy it's and there's a there's a there's a power fantasy element to it as well, especially it being written in first person there's some self insert there that gets your there's a space there for you as the reader to kind of self insert sometimes as well i mean uh who wouldn't want to be you know swooped off their feet by a seven foot tall tattooed uh supermodel with bat wings i mean and the voice of an uh, angel right yeah like i'd be pretty cool with it and then all the trappings around that too i mean the way that Valaris looks the way that the night court looks the aesthetic of everything oh, everything is beautiful Yeah, everything is like very beautiful and um stylish and stylized and I, I pictured Valaris and um, the night court in general, just kind of like every room that they're ever in and every space that they're ever occupying is just like, it's the the height of like minimal luxury. You know what I mean? Like it's very...
1: Uh, like a it's, boho.
0: Boho? Yeah, boho. It's like a
1: hippie minimalist style. <laughs> you mean Bauhaus? No, B-O-H-O.
0: B-O-H-O? I don't know. Uh, what is... I'm looking that up right now. What does it look like? Oh, totally. Yeah, This. But like yeah, darker yeah. obviously. Yeah, it's like
1: it's like hippie minimalist, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. One of my favorite parts in this whole book is when Feyre and Lucian are on the run and then they run into Lucian's brothers from the Autumn Court. I think they're out, like, out on the ice, right? Uh-huh. Uh, what did you think about that scene?
1: It made me laugh first off cuz Lucian's like, "Hey, we should not go north because <laughs> it's going to go straight into my dad's land and he will absolutely 100% see us." If we get if we go through this, his land, she's like, we'll just have to like be sneaky. <laughs> and then <laughs> they get
0: di- Lucien. Didn't you ever hear about crouching behind bushes? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs>
1: and they just like what Lucien tells her is going to happen immediately happens, um, and then they have to kind of struggle, fight uh, a little camping and running, which was great. The story needed a little yeah. bit more camping and running, though. I will say for a, a story where almost everyone can beam and teleport there was a lot of chase scenes this one worked because they didn't have their abilities right they were magical powdered here in this specific occasion but there's a lot of scenes that you're like why are you running through the forest (laughs) like just teleport away don't worry about it (laughs) even on this scene like her brothers or Lucian's brothers are like chasing them across the edge just like teleport in front of them
0: Nah, the, the, the fun is in the chase
1: yeah though you know they were i,
0: I totally understand what you're saying obviously. well yeah
1: <laughs> and what could make the argument they were like melting the ice so they were in it for the slush game you know but it's like yeah also they're running across the ice are they melting the entire lake i just kept thinking like are they melting this entire lake simultaneously or just the path that they're running into
0: i mean what i, I mean what, what, what you think about the yeah I mean, you,
2: <laughs>
0: you'd think by the end of this book you would have learned
1: i know literally and there's so many times like Chad. Move it's on fine. man it's not the point. Sure. What do you
0: think about the conversation between like uh, Lucian and his brothers? Like what is, or at least like the interaction there?
1: It was good. There was no doubt in my mind that Lucian was fully justified in his kind of opinion of his family and the way that he just kind of rejects everything that they're about. Totally. And that just gave us all the proof we need that we that we didn't really even need I trusted him but man it was just like ugh, it kind of brought his back and that's See, they, she made me care so much because I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this cool little window. Where we're getting into his background. All the stuff that has been hinted at that he's been suffering through in his life is now like being evidenced in front of our eyes. What a deep, awesome character. And then, like, send him off. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ah, oh, They just got rescued. OK, don't worry about yeah, him for man. a little while. You
1: know, like, I just felt like there was so much. Un- and, and I guess I'm a little salty on this one particularly because he was my favorite character one of my favorites i just wanted to see him become a, one of the group crew you know
0: so you've seen a decent amount of the courts here by now uh is there a place in prithian that you would want to shack up and and live
1: uh definitely Valaris. It's just, it's just is
0: it a port it's not on the ocean is it mm, i don't think so i can't it's one flaw i would hang out personally in the summer court that was where they had the um, the High Lord meeting, right? Right, yeah. Um, where Tamlin walks in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was a jaw drop scene for sure. It
1: was indeed. And Ooh, this is getting
0: dramatic.
1: This, yeah, so <laughs> dramatic. Man, there's a lot of drama. <laughs> um, you're right. The aesthetic of that place was super cool. It's kind of like an ancient Greek, like everyone yeah. wearing togas, yeah. I liked it with, a lot, Like yeah. Fountains and water everywhere. It was great. A uh, very relaxed environment. Yeah, Tamlin coming into that. It was weird. It was like everybody was playing everybody but they weren't.
0: I still don't really buy that all of the high lords wouldn't be pretty open to the idea of or at least more open to the idea of joining up to stop the threat of Hybern. <sighs> um they can get back to their kind of like inner squabbles, but this is obviously an outside threat that they if they all got together, they could just squash it real quick you right. know and at it, least it, have a chance. it feels like kind of a false conflict almost where it's like i don't really see other than just like being stubborn like i don't see like why the high lords wouldn't all band together and just deal with this threat right. and then kind of just go back to like it's it's just like Resand is just like nobody's listening to me this is so this is obviously such a problem and it's like yeah i agree with you yeah, why aren't these problem. other like there's not really any real reasons why the other people aren't agreeing with you they just don't no. like you like that's why like, they okay. don't want to cooperate they just don't like they don't like resan. right because of this history and that history and your family yeah, but, did like, this. When, that's a, that's always something that bugs me though and it's like it, it's it's bugged me in a lot of other series too and like and it's it's not that it's not realistic but it's just it's annoying um, that these people are in such high positions of power, but they're not smart enough to realize like the benefits of just joining together, so they can take out this threat. That is, right. it's an actual existential threat. There's not and really there's an even argument lines about
1: like, it. "Well, he's not attacking my land; he's, he's up in yours." It's like, okay, well, you're a creature that lives thousands of years. Do you not think that over the once he's done there, he's going to move? Like, of course he will. He's going to take you out piecemeal, and you're all going to go down. Like, of course. Like, I don't know. It just seemed. Yeah, like unreal you it know, feels like a little no bit no like reason it's, a,
0: it's like a little bit of a fabricated conflict it's like yes. it's just we have to have it so that people disagree so that we have like these meetings and we have this these issues between the courts and it's i don't know <laughs> I don't right
1: know. and there was like no reason for tamlin to come to that meeting because one he just like undermined his own spy abilities if he truly was working from the inside because like what if he gets found out It's not like he was like, okay, guys, on this date, I'm going to do this thing, and it will really be a complimentary action if you guys do this, and then we can together do this. And it was like, no, he just comes, and he's like, I'm going to make you think that I'm probably with you, but we don't really know even. Like, all right, peace. And they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Why did
0: you even come? Tamlin is a spy in the Highburn court, right? right but not not for the hibern court but
1: no, no no not for them yeah i know he's i wish i guess he could have told to the hibern's which is why he's going to this meeting yeah because jurian yeah. did later say like tamlin went back to um the hibernians or whatever and told or him everything we... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah, told the... him everything that we plotted or whatever
0: yeah the politics in, in this book are weird um let's just hey let's 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 talk about some some other high points real quick okay let's okay. not get super bogged down in the details i really liked helion yeah helion's awesome he was really cool yeah.
1: okay okay I, i'm not gonna i'm i know we're trying to hit the high points here but while helion just <laughs> got, got brought up i have five to say, seconds
0: in. okay Go ahead, it, Go ahead.
1: failed opportunity lucian's father what cool we figured that out great never mentioned not even a thing ever again it's like one little like kind of cool conversation between reese and if like did you know they're like they look and she he was you know cheating on with her and wow and then not ever again the whole rest of the book (laughs) it's like and he's even around he is around and so is (laughs) lucy and later it's like what there was so much there could have been some depth there of lost father and Lucy and being like, I do have family. Oh man. I've, I've always wanted a good family member. That wasn't a total piece. And, here it is it's gonna be this growth this awesome like joining and like i don't know it was just missed opportunity
0: yeah i've read some other accounts by people um you know because if you go online and look up reviews for this book uh as long as you and i are talking about it which is like a like an hour or so like there's people that have written like tens of thousands like dissertations oh on gosh. like on like why Lucian was done dirty in this book you know and, like, <laughs> like because I, I think a lot of people feel like you do where um Lucian Lucian is extremely interesting, even not going super in depth with what his situation is. <laughs> yeah, a whole book could have been written about Lucian. Totally. And, yeah, yeah. And
1: it, it should be. Maybe that's her. Maybe that's her thing. Like his adventure to find the Firebird Queen or whatever. That would be a great story. I would love to know all about that.
0: Uh, speaking of the Firebird Queen and all that, what did you think about Lucian uh, showing up with Pharaoh's dad at the end? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, let's just talk about that whole end we talk, sequence yeah, we, we've, and we've the covered battle. Some,
0: we've covered some stuff. Let's talk about the ending. So that
1: scene was brilliantly beautiful, like vibrant. Like The describe her world is so colorful and just like even her blood is pretty. It's just like so gory and like deliciously gory. You know, it's like very good. Very good. Right. But the actual mechanisms of the battle were uninteresting and <laughs> Repetitive. It's a long. It's like battle. yeah, we get saved. No, it's still not enough. It's like a hundred pages. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a
1: lot. Which, don't get me wrong, I am so down for a hundred page battle. I-, I loved it. It was very good. Like you know, again, I'll always go back to like this book was fun to read, and that battle is no exception. It is fun to read, but it's just like how many times like it's at the the line's about to break and blah, 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 blah. like. So- Someone rides in to save the day. But then, like, the line's about to break again. It wasn't enough. And then <laughs> da, 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 da. someone comes in again. It's like, oh, my gosh. All right. And then her dad, I couldn't quite fully enjoy the merchant king, I guess. That's what we're calling him. <laughs> yeah, know I know. Um, I know. Yeah, because I was so my my rag had been run out wrung out so many times by the time we hit that that moment that uh
0: i know by the time he comes he comes along you're just like and that's what we did at the beginning of the episode it's just like sure 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 he does sure he does he shows up at the nick of time
1: he's he's both he's riding the elaine the nesta (laughs) the pharah
2: okay Uh, yeah (laughs) okay
0: you know what, though? I'm, gl- I'm glad it happened, though, because a few reasons. So, uh, we need to button up them having a, a human father. Yeah, yeah, he needed to go. He's not gonna fit into the rest of this. Nope. Uh, him being killed by the King of Highburn, as brutal as it is, from, like, an objective, like, Looking, just looking at the narrative, like, it's a good idea to kill totally. off, like, in that way, too. Um, and then it's a good idea to give uh, Elaine and Nesta some agency there and have, like, Elaine come up and kill him, kill the King of Hybern, and then Nesta cuts his head off. I love that, and, yeah. yeah. That's all cool. I mean, okay. Okay. So Elaine killing the King of Highburn is another kind of, like, sure it gave me like Arya killing the night king vibes yeah
1: it's like what do you not have plate on his back
0: like you know mail but with elaine it, it felt even less earned because at least Arya made sense because she'd been training as an assassin for so long she worked um, hard but elaine just kind of like comes in out of nowhere what did you think about that though i mean do you think it's fine that elaine killed it... not killed but like incapacitated the king of Hybern right
1: um I do think it was cool.
0: And he just killed their dad.
1: Oh, yeah. It was a cool turning point in her growth as a character of, like, I am not going to stand on the sidelines puking and let other people decide my fate Like, and watch my friends do all the fighting. I'm going to yeah, get in and get my okay. hands dirty. It was cool, but it needed to have a couple rungs before that step of the ladder right we'd like jumped up a story and it was like man give me a few steps before then have her be like give me a few chapters or see some anger in her eyes at a few times like the like there's a a smoldering coal burning within her before it bursts into flame you know
0: yeah or maybe it, like uh like there's like a couple scenes where cassian is just kind of training a little bit with elaine or something where like Elaine, maybe Elaine like shows some, but also something about about her coming up behind him, it was like a sporadic thing almost. So that was kind of cool too. Not everything that these women do in these books needs to have like, not everything has to be earned. Like not everything has to have like this, well, do they have enough training for X? There are some things that people just do in the heat of the moment and so, and stabbing
1: someone in the back with a knife is a pretty good... It's a, it's a heat of the moment It's a pretty thing, good yeah. one, yeah.
0: I just It just didn't fit in my brain for, like, whatever reason. Um, yeah. But now that we're, like, kind of talking it through, it kind of does make sense that Elaine would do it. Because, like, this guy had just killed their dad. Pharaoh wasn't around. So it's like a, it's like an Elaine-Nesta thing.
1: And, like, everybody has super secret super mission powers. Like, Nesta is, like, cauldroning. And so is Feyre... No, Nesta is distracting the um, hybrid king um reese is just like trying to take him out everyone has a super important mission except yeah. for her and, and then so she's i think she one. was like
0: yeah okay yeah no i think i'm kind of changing my tune on elaine now actually
1: yeah but i do wish <laughs> i would have seen that that coal smoldering a little bit before it just comes out of nowhere I, yeah you
0: know? I, I see what you're saying on like yeah. a person on like a personal level. A personality level. Yeah, uh, exactly. But I mean I mean, even the sweetest person in the world would probably stab someone in the neck if they had just killed their parent. Definitely. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I'm gonna go with that making more sense than I initially thought it did, actually. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah.
2: Yeah, look, look at look us. Comes... Talking
0: stuff through. Uh something that didn't make sense at all to me. Or at least okay. It does make sense to a certain extent for the the writing of this book or whatever but like Resand and Amron both coming back to life that was my least favorite part yeah, oh my gosh like one okay. of them should have died yep, i think amren should have died amren should have died i'm yep. fine with resand coming back cuz there's some there's some symmetry there where like the high lords uh, in the first book, resurrected Feyre, and then in the second book, the the roles are switched. So there's some like nice narrative symmetry there. And I I, I don't
1: think it was like uncreative though. It's like okay, cool, we're going I don't Stardust know. I'm going to disagree with you.
0: I'm going to disagree with again. you there. I don't how think how many that it little was...
1: fairy bomb like got magic powder <laughs> bombs do they have? Can they just do so this many. forever? Like don't worry a good about meal, it. they're prepared to throw down again.
0: Don't worry about it. Uh, Resurrecting people. But um, I think I'm going to disagree with you there with resand it's kind of cool to see their roles reversed, and it's almost like a way of showing how far Feyre has come to be able to be in a position to advocate for the, the High King of the Night Court in her position that she's in. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a nice...
1: Yeah, okay. We're well, looking at it from
0: that angle. That that works for me. But Amran should have died yep. because I've... <sighs> This like is no reason, like commit to a death, Moss, yeah, miss Mrs. Moss, you took all the depth out of a sacrifice like that by bringing her back, like give the readers someone to mourn for, take our emotions seriously, you know I mean yeah, it's,
1: yes, that is the right way to say that, well yeah put.
0: it's it's like I don't like having I don't like having my emotions coddled in a book like that, like it's right. almost like Moss thought that the readers wouldn't be able to handle killing off that major of a character, and it's like, well, no. We would have been able to. And you just did that two times in a row, which made both of them seem less impactful in right. a way. Like right. in my Now opinion, I just roll
1: my yeah. eyes at the whole thing. Yeah, cause obviously, because obviously, I mean, you're,
0: we, we can't kill resand Like, no. he's got too much plot armor. Right. Um, We're not going to kill resand, But, I mean, if... No, so it would have been interesting. It would have been pretty cool because if this was actually the last... If this was just a trilogy, killing off resand would have been... So tragic and so interesting, even
1: if it's not, she's like back on the market, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this story can get steamy again and like that that no six month it was her early mate. relationship. there's no
0: way no, Pharaoh wouldn't have. <laughs> Pharaoh would have been uh, alone in a in a tower for the rest yeah, of her, you're like, right. just looking out at the ocean for the rest of her life.. Like, my okay. mate... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Tamlin's never yeah, getting this again. No, no, he is not. But
1: yeah, it, that would have been tragic and interesting. I'm, but I'm okay with him coming back. I'm even okay with him, especially since you've explained it the way you did, with the mechanism being the High Lords doing their thing again. But yeah, him yeah. like running, like getting pulled back, and then like seeing. Amran and like the death mist of the cauldron and being like, Hey, <laughs> I'm going this way. Care to hop aboard. And she's like, sure. And then like, they're both alive. Like what? Yeah. It was like, she couldn't think of another way. So she had to use the one way to get them both back.
0: It made it go from a serious kind of, if I, if I can co- compare it to like um, TV shows or something like that. Right. It, it made it go from a serious, like HBO style, like serious stakes, um and real consequences and sacrifice to like a sitcom you know right. like it just dumbed it all down and it, it just i don't know i mean i really liked amrin but amrin's character like amrin feels like the kind of person that wouldn't come back from that that would almost yeah. like look for the next adventure after this life this lifetime that she's had Amron is so much more interesting than being brought back to life to come hang out and drink fucking Beers totally. with everybody. That's again, why she's in know? my top like, three list. Yeah, she's like, So it really just it took a lot out of Amaranth's character for me. And it's like, I just, ah, I don't know. It's just commit, commit. Yeah, commit. You know?
1: We did not need another person being a high Fa body
0: either. Yeah, like, oh yeah. <laughs> forgot about oh that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, you get a high Fa <laughs> <fey laughs> body. You get a high <laughs> fee body. Me. I want, yeah, I want a high fey body yeah. <laughs> Jeez, i have on. a fucking low fey body <laughs> <laughs> this low fey body talk, fucking powered by taco bell mm, so good though i wonder if in prithian you can eat as much taco bell as you want and it just oh, never for sure affects you at all like oh yeah dude you, you don't can... feel tired anymore after yeah i
1: don't think they poop I'm Pretty sure <laughs> like a
0: non-pooping culture you know
1: magic <laughs> eats up the rest, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. They're all, they're all perfect.
1: They are so, however, man, again, her, her ability to describe the perfection is so good. There's a, um, I'm going to find it in my notes here. Give me one second. So her Sarah J Maas's ability to describe Nesta is just very good. Multiple times. One of them is when she describes her as being devastating. I love that for a word of being attractive cause and especially for Nesta's specific breed of attractiveness, right? Cause it's just like, it kills you so good. But like, she's also <laughs> just like has death daggers shooting out of her eyes, both literally and figuratively after her little dalliance with the cauldron. But uh, yeah, I just love like she was devastating. I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And then she also was described at a later point in the book as having uncut power. Yeah, that's like, a good that's one too. That's a yeah. cool phrase, right? The uncut power. Like,
0: I know right. Massa's writing style. I, I have such mixed feelings on it because sometimes it feels so like rushed through, and like kind of like it's stum- it's kind of stumbles over itself a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're really kind of like digging deep into the prose here and like digging deep into the writing style, like just the just the general readability of some of this, like these, if you go down like line by line some of it is just like pretty clunky words just the order of words like the the you know there's yeah. there's some like She's kind of like being... passive voice and like weird sentences and all the m dashes and ellipses and stuff and just like the flow of certain conversations is just weird and unrealistic and it's just um but then other times with the descriptions and snappy dialogue and like well plotted out uh like action cuts and mm-hmm. great blocking and terrific bird's eye descriptions of things and
1: yeah and group sequences that's a really hard to do a group yeah. conversation sequence it's a difficult and easy to get confusing
0: and she's excellent at taking a normal kind of more intimate slow peaceful situation and just jamming action right into it immediately and yes. then everything is chaos and she does that multiple times in these very books fun. and she's very very good at that um but yeah it's just <sighs> it's just sometimes it's just you're reading along and like nothing's happened for a little while and everybody's just like laying around on like chase lounges and, you know, yeah. just like their shirts are all like half buttoned and they're just like, meh meh meh. Yeah, you know, I threw back a retort and then, oh, <laughs> like a smirk over here. And then it's just like, what are we doing right now? Like, why? Like is- nothing. Like- yeah.
1: Aren't you guys like meeting to discuss like, <laughs> like the, the end fate of, of <laughs> the
0: world? Yeah, it can be a little bit of a mixed bag. But I mean, yeah. this, whole, this whole series is kind of a mixed bag.
1: I mean, nope. for sure. And, and you know, the awesome mixed with the what sure is a reoccurring theme. Like the bone carver, I, I don't, I don't even know if I like or don't like that whole thing. It's like I really do. The bone carver is interesting, and I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. Okay, so he's he his motivation for staying because he doesn't want to, they like try to entice him to help them in the fight with the spell in the book that amron has been um, learning that might be able to send him home. And he was like, no, I don't want to go home. I don't think home even exists anymore. It's been so long. And then they're like, well, maybe we can like free you from this prison. And he's like, I don't want to be freed from this prison because I have two sisters that are death gods. And if they know where I'm at, they'll like totally kill me. And then in the final battle, one of his sisters, the Weaver Death God, is like right next to him and they're like high five and it's like, man, he's like one thing was he didn't want them to know where he was and now he's standing next to them in a <laughs> battle line. Like, wouldn't he be pissed? Like, I don't know. It was just and then like Briaxian or what? I have no idea where she picked up that demon. He was like along for the ride. She was just walking by the pit on her way out. was like, hey, Briaxian, <laughs> you want to join her? I'm getting the name wrong, but you know. I, I literally don't know where she picked him up. He was just there.
0: Yeah. I don't really have much to say. About yeah. <laughs> like
1: So it's like, like I said, I really want to like the bone carver cause he's interesting and cool and adds a really like awesome element. And like, we get to hear a bit, little bit about, Am- um, we get to hear a little bit more about Amron's backstory being in the prison, but then it's just like, why did he even have those motivations? That, that motivation is the entire reason that she has to go get the Bora Bora mirror and the give Ouroboros. it to him, and then he doesn't even want that anyway he's like i just wanted you to get it for you and it was like
0: that was really weird what? yeah it was like i just so wanted you to cool. get it for you <laughs> and then it wasn't i'm just looking out for you pharaoh let's yeah. let's see how much growth you can really go through
2: yeah
1: <laughs> um though i will say the killing a, a, a scene that felt earned and yes and proper vengeance is, and they got me a little emotional, I really like the surreal, and I really like surreal and Feyre's relationship. She yeah. keeps catching him, and he keeps being like, ah, or he, she, I don't really know what gender this is, but not important. It keeps telling her things that it probably shouldn't, you know? It, like It's like an oracle, you know? And he's like, alright, I'll throw you another bone. Okay, I'll throw you another bone. And uh, I think they got a cool thing. Ianthe shows up out of nowhere, kills it, and it's super emotional, not very cool. emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And then, minus the fact that Pharaoh's running through the forest when she can winnow, whatever, she's running through the forest and they're running after her. And even though they winnow, whatever. And then they get to the weaver's cottage and she like goes in, like tricked you and slams the door behind her and like locks them in. That was just like revenge done right.
0: Yeah. I really like all of your notices about this it's so cool because I've already read all this stuff and it's just so neat to see somebody's reactions to these books so long after I've read them and taking you down memory lane (laughs) I just yeah I can't wait to do this again with um the dark tower because I've already read all of those yeah that's gonna be awesome I want to say the cauldron (laughs) it just kind of makes me giggle um it's just like this it's like a I picture like a like a claw-footed bathtub (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, me too. That they're just kind of like dragging a green around liquid, like bubbling <laughs> from it constantly. Yeah, I mean I think that because you know, when in the in the second book, um, when they're like we have to find the feet, I was just like, <laughs> they're looking yeah. for like bathtub like, feet. Like yeah. that's the MacGuffin <laughs> in these books. Yeah, the the cauldron um is one of those things in, in these books where it's just like, okay, it's like whatever, whatever. Moss decides the cauldron can do is what it's gonna do. Right.
1: Like it controls death magic it can take down the wall like a freaking course it can take down the wall like they're all like surprised when the enemy starts using the cauldron of- offensively
0: it's like Pikachu. yeah it's like <laughs>
1: well, of course of course he's gonna
0: use it offensively <laughs> it's like the most powerful magical object in the world yeah um what did you think about Lucian and Elaine um do you think that that should have been addressed more do you think that there was just For the right sure. amount
2: yeah
1: I mean yeah, it would have given us the it could have been the situation that provided the stepping stones for Elaine's growth towards that stabbing moment of I am going to no oh, longer like stand by he, the sidelines they were training seize together fate. and like
0: yeah, yeah, yeah maybe And then were, he, maybe yeah, that might Lucian have worked, just yeah.
1: deserved a greater part of the story. I'd like to he, he obviously like really had a thing for Elaine. It was like trying to like be very caring even when Fera totally not cooled jumped into his mind and just like mind it was not cool it was not cool for her to just jump into his brain because she wanted to see what he was thinking about her sister because she was interested it was like a total invasion of privacy and then what she sh- suffers not at all for besides like kind of feeling bad and reese is like well if you feel bad then that's it learn from me <laughs> 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 literally that's the conversation she's like should i tell him and he was like ah <laughs> like, why stir the pot why if stir you the feel pot? bad that's good that's, that's and it was just like
2: me.
1: man and it, what she found in his brain was him being just the greatest guy and i don't know i i'm i'm a little salty that lucian was not given a greater piece of the stage for this book
0: i have another question i'm just kind of firing questions at you sure um do you feel like Tamlin was redeemed at the end of this book by him helping to um, bring Rhysand back to life?
1: So yes, Th- I feel the exact same way about Tamlin's ending ending that I do with Elaine's. Yep, that's where it needed to end. But the stepping stones along the way could have been a little bit more meaningful.
0: Like we had, had joined, the oppor- he had joined the cause, right? I mean,
1: yeah, but like I don't know. That's we
2: but,
0: yeah ahead. but i would have I loved to see a little you. bit more from <laughs> like
2: his... asking you questions no, answer the question the
0: way i want you to answer it go ahead
1: like it was just I, I i could have done with some of his like what is he struggling with like pharah obviously hates him has a lot of resentment there as she well should but we're only seeing the resentment filter towards him like i would like to see what is tamlin struggling with emotionally inside what is he what is his feelers going happening what are they doing this whole story hmm. and like see what he's struggling with because like he's really trying to do what's best for his court the entire book he's not actually being evil and so i would have liked to see him struggle with that a little bit more and like overcome his like uh, like clearly they should be together. Clearly what I did was not cool. And then like kind of reach towards this moment where he, that culminates in him giving a f- piece of his power to the person that he hates to save the person that he used well, still loves, but no longer loves him. And then she like leaves him a note. That's just like, I hope you're happy. I was like, what? And, like send him a text message. I don't know. There was just like, <laughs> it could have been email. more meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. But right. I liked it. I liked where it ended. I just, you know, like I said, it could have could have been some more mediocre, medium steps in between.
0: So on the whole, do you feel like this book felt rushed at all? Or do you feel like it felt right where it should have been? What are your thoughts on that? Because apparently, um, that, that's a lot of the criticism that I've seen specifically for this book is that, you know, Sarah J Maas was under a lot of pressure to finish this because those the, the previous books were so popular. You know, so a lot of people thought if she had given some more time and 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 kind of devoted a little bit more of her mental energy to this process, or had excuse me had more time to devote the mental energy to this process, then we would have probably got a product that made a little bit more sense um, and felt a little bit more like we were shining light on the characters that we really wanted to see light shed on. Um, or what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I think it was a little like. the the pacing wasn't rushed i don't want to i want to be clear in that like i don't think that the pacing was rushed she kind of has a chaos shaking of the snow globe at every turn that you don't expect and sometimes you do and that's delightful i love that as yeah not too many style of her no yeah it's just fun and keeps you on the edge of your seat it's very good paced wise but rushed as far as just like yeah i think she was slamming the story together and she instead of taking the time to get out the string and the push pins and create a big old wall of, uh, you know, origami chaos and figure it all out. And then, you know, really give us a interwoven story. She just kind of like got out the beaten stick and was like, this story needs to go here and just like whipped it into shape. This person has this power now and this person can do that. And then cool. This person goes bam, bam, boom, boom. Now we're here. It's like, okay. but, you know, a little bit more time could have would have left me a more satisfied reader.
0: It's really funny how, even even though the events kind of stumble to the end, it's like you're still satisfied with the ending. Oh, totally. Isn't that weird? How I agree with you that there are certain things that felt a little bit. It's it was almost like forcing a, a round peg through a square hole. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's like, but she got it through the hole. She and, did. <laughs> and then and then you get to the end and you're like, well. Whew, that was a lot, but uh, I kind of want to get into the next one. It's now. like eating a blizzard too fast.
1: <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, it's you know you shouldn't have done it, but like <laughs> at no point you're like I hate this. <laughs> like, even afterwards, you're like
0: oh, that was so good. I, I will do eat that another again one of sure. Yeah, yeah. Any a cheeseburger. Yeah, like, along with go. it. you know with some yeah. fries, a dip in that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, a quarter of frost and starlight is definitely the uh, the fries on the side here. Is it it's nice? A, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So, That's uh, the novella, better, right? Yeah. Um, I've got a couple more questions for you, and then we can probably start wrapping up. So out of the three books so far, how would you rank these? Two, one, three.
2: Oh, but it, uh...
0: it, it depends.
1: <laughs> it really matters on... Man, I don't even know how to answer this. Okay, let me answer this in my personal enjoyment.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: My enjoyment as I read it, two, three, one
0: okay yeah and then as far
1: as like writing a
0: good book (laughs) i'm gonna go two one three i think i agree with you well no actually no it's two one three for for both of them for me um really yeah i um i mean two is so Two is the is the fan favorite, at least as far as I've I've seen. Um, People seem to really like two the most. A lot of people like Silver Flames a lot too, Um, but I like two. Yeah, I like two a lot. But we're just talking about these three, so I like two a lot because it's so like introspective and it's so. like it's so descriptive and lush and we're seeing the new places for the first time. There's so much growth, there's so much, like I still really like Feyre and I'm so mm-hmm. um, interested in, in where she's at, where she's trying to go, where she's been, how she's reconciling all this stuff, mixed in with this new love interest, mixed in with the new friends that she's making, mixed in with a new threat that they're trying the to overcome. The trauma that she went through the last yeah. book. Like. Mist and Fury is a really fantastic book. I like A Court of Thorns and Roses a lot because it's so, it it embraces these fantasy tropes so well, does its own thing with some of them, keeps some of them intact, and is just a nice, perfect introduction to the world. But it is a little bit on the slow side sometimes. Like Feyre spends a lot of time in the Night Court just kind of like hanging. A Court of Thorns and Roses feels a little bit like lopsided to me. Um, It's like very front loaded and very back loaded. Um, But the middle drags a little bit, and then yeah, Wings of Ruin is just—it's just this. I feel like it just exponentially gets more and more ridiculous and confusing and convoluted and wacky. And then, but caps out. (laughs) It's just like this really nice quasi cliffhanger, but also buttoning up a lot of things in a pretty satisfactory way. But there's like the road to get there had a lot of plot holes or and plot holes in it. So um, yeah, so. While I like them all quite a bit, I still think yeah, um, Mist and Fury, of the three, is definitely the strongest one.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm also looking back, like, you are looking at it from, like, a thousand foot view, because you've, like, there's been a, a substantial amount of time between your reading
0: it and looking yeah, back at the story. And I've forgotten some stuff, too, obviously. like, um, well, no, I'm not yeah. saying that
1: to, like, reduce your opinion. I'm saying that to, like, I'm so fresh in the, like, like, F you, Tamlin, you know, so it's like yeah. it's hard for me to look back and feel what I felt when she was being swam with in the star pool, you know, telling he was telling about his childhood, you know, and like yeah. the perfect, magical, like romantic bliss of those scenes, because they're all tainted through my like, ah. but he was actually just a jerk in the long run, sort totally. of like, you know, retrospect. So, um, you know, maybe my opinion will change a year from now. We'll see. But uh, that's well, and- definitely the order I'm, I'm I'm going for right now.
0: And I've had a lot of time to like look at a lot of the discourse around these books too um, because it's really interesting to see what everybody else thinks about this this stuff and the conclusion that I've come to is that there's almost no conclusions to come to on a lot of this stuff like everybody has completely different opinions about how they feel about certain characters and situations and how things end up and the reasons they end up that way and um, it's very there's a there's a lot of splits in the fan base about like Tamlin and Lucien and Elaine and Resand in book three compared to book two and the like the Highburn situation and whether or not Helion is like actually a good guy. And like there's there's a lot of different conversations going on like peripherally that we don't even have time to get into right now, but it's almost like after so long since I've, since, you know, after a year since I've read these books all the discourse that I've read, talking to you about it, it's like I'm still kind of fluid on some stuff. <laughs> like, I'm still like, oh, yeah, I could totally that's, see why that's a good that is. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, but that's the fun of this series, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's like a whole, like, it's like a cultural phenomenon almost, you know? Yeah,
1: well, I'm excited that there's three more books because. Oh, there's only you know, two. Oh, there's only two. There's only two. Oh, I thought there was another three. Three be coming my way. Okay, oh, well, I'm excited no. that there's two more books at least because. Like one and a
0: half books.
1: Yeah, there was just, like I said, there was so much potential in this story for Lucian to grow a little bit. Um, you know, more. She has this really cool, like, coming out scene to yeah. Feyre. And then, never mentioned again, just like Helion yeah. being Lucian's father. and So it's like there's all these like things that are like, ooh, this is kind of cool. And you're like, yeah, that is cool. That could lead to some really cool character development. That That, that person's been struggling with that for thousands of years. And we could get uh, an answer out of that, like some resolution. Like, that would be really cool and interesting. So, yeah, well, I'm speaking hoping... Speaking of that
0: conversation between uh, Moore and Farah, I thought it was, like, a little silly of Feyre. You know, like, Moore comes to her with, like, an actual, like, issue that Feyre needs to, like, sort out. Oh, my and God. And then Farah's like, well, you have a crush yeah. on Asriel. Oh, and it's like, It was, like, like wait, wait, not what? cool. <laughs>
1: She was like, hey what dude, like hell? I had to tell your husband, my friend, and my leader that I didn't do the one job he assigned to me because you tricked me. Like that was not cool. And she's like, Yeah, but you also lied to yourself. I was like, dude, what? Are you just distracting me from my anger?
0: Yeah, that's uh I think that's uh <laughs> That's <laughs> like one of the worst parts of the entire. Yeah, movie. yeah, that's yeah, so stupid. Yeah, and it was
1: cool that it led to you know more being like comfortable to like do her thing and find out and be and expose some more of her true self to the world. But man, yeah, yeah it was kind of, kind of a of weak reaction. Way there. By... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, another good example of just the just a cane just beating this story to where it uh, is a great place to go. It just like could have been woven a little bit more gracefully uh, there. Whatever. Yeah, I feel like it's like
0: um, a lot of <laughs> authors will take a uh, like a like a hammer and chisel to this big block of marble and really kind of chip away and make sure that they're getting all these lines and curves correct. And then like Sarah J Maas kind of is, like dynamiting her way into a shape that she really wants. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I mean, it's your marble. But like, right, yeah, <laughs> it's going to come out looking kind of weird. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has to look this way. Yeah. OK. But I guess I got... like a sledgehammer would probably be a better.
1: No, no, I like the dynamite. I literally was thinking about dynamite when you were saying that. I was like, "Go dynamite, go dynamite!" Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, okay, I'm gonna get a little real here, and I'm hoping I'm missing something because I was thinking about some of the ending happenstances of book two. I recalled that Reese, while Feyre is in Amarantha's under the mountain prison, Reese at one point goes through like a month there's like an entire period between two trials where he basically forces her to get wasted dance for the entire court just to like hurt tamlin's feelings it's like man that is really not cool like like you have abused someone and like forced them to do totally not cool things for the sake of your revenge it's like never talked about between her like he never apologizes to her for that like does he have any other motivations for forcing her to do that that i'm just missing
0: um i mean it's, he was playing a role up. right, right. Uh, i mean i guess you could say he really embraced it yeah um and played it pretty pretty close i'm kind of split on this so um you know my initial answer is He was playing a role. There was a certain certain thing he had to commit to. He had to look like he was, um, you know, in on kind of humiliating Feyre and and having this uh, sort of control over her or whatever. Um, I think there are probably a lot of narrative reasons that you could point to why it would, um, if not justify, at least like explain um, that. But I will kind of tag along into your kind of like incredulity here and say, At the very least, they probably should have discussed it as a couple, Yeah. uh, maybe, at least to help, like, help Feyre work through it. Um, But then again, if it's something that Feyre didn't bring up, um, then maybe she didn't want to talk about it, or she wasn't ready to. um, There could be that. There's some
1: things that are just better left, like... It happened let's move on we're not going to help maybe, anybody by um, digging them out you know but yeah it's not on a, me at least to like I would love... say
0: somebody had to talk about something if they weren't comfortable right. with it but i feel like it was uh it was probably a part of their relationship that should have been discussed at least i would advocate for it to at least be touched on and maybe worked through together because that is a really messed up thing uh, totally. maybe and I they didn't have an understanding
1: cuz i thought Reese was a bad guy you know but
0: like so here's my real answer to that um I think Sarah J Moss wrote A Court of Thorns and Roses and everybody loved the shit out of it and everyone thought it was so much fun and so cool and the publisher was like we need as many more of these as you can give us yep. and that was just part of the first book and it's just not <laughs> it's yeah. just not brought up again totally um, she's like hope they, they forget yeah because I it's mean,
1: like a it's like a relationship ending like hey remember that time that you like forced me to dance and like portray myself uh, terribly in front of uh, court and on uh, drugging me like yeah. against my will for like a whole
0: month. <laughs> like, that's
1: so fucked
0: up. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, if you want to just like strictly look at the narrative and like strictly look at the events that happened in these books, um, Resand had to play a certain part for Amaranth. Totally. That, that's at least my that's I mean, I'm sure somebody listening to this has read these books multiple times that's been a lot more involved oh, in the discourse would be able to get a someone better answer. on of
1: a yeah, right someone, now yeah
0: uh, but that's at least my understanding of it
1: yeah but you of know lots my of times i of need Yeah. And you a lots of a like okay not on but
0: like sometimes a just reason
1: to a reason you moving know? right. a like, give me sometimes I like need a i didn't yeah, think but about you it can't.
0: that's the thing about books and that's the thing that you know as as you and i keep podcasting and as uh, we we keep the the discourse about books going it's like the thing with these kinds of books with all fantasy is that you're never gonna button everything up like you're never For gonna sure. solve every problem you're never gonna cover every base there's some things that aren't talked about again there are some things because you're writing fantasy and some things just aren't going to fit with the rest of what's going on later in the books it's just it's part of it like it's right. just and you have to you know?
1: i would way rather have the imagination be let free and yeah, to do its thing yeah. and end up with some like wacky like what's and in retrospect that didn't make sense than to not have those like that magical journey juice
0: yeah i, I agree with you and i mean um, You know, it's just like with this series, like as many, there are some holes in the plot, there are some things that make you raise your eyebrows, there's some things that make you roll your eyes, there's some things that make you sigh really heavily, and then you turn another page and you keep going. But I mean, even stuff that I've, like movies I've watched, shows that I've watched, books that I've read, with, with certain stories, I've gotten to the end of that story and been like, man, that was airtight. There was not one single problem with that whole story. And then I'll go on the internet and then, look at some reviews, and people have lists, like giant paragraphs of why certain things didn't make sense and why there were certain plot holes. And it's like, I mean, that was
1: me after reading The Name of the Wind the first time. I was like, what a perfect book. And now I'm like, what a joke you were thinking that.
0: (laughs) It's still a really good book. You can't, like, but, you know, two things can be true at the same time. You can have something that's an incredible experience and then have something, and then have it not really make sense in certain parts because it is being literally pulled out of thin air and put down on paper. And the thing is, is that you can't, you can't have a book where you, at least you can't have a epic fantasy book i'm sure there are books like this where it's like it's a 100 detailed string of events in like a couple hours or something like that right um but with epic fantasy you are skipping over stuff time is going by there are conversations that are happening off the page there are explanations for things that are happening off the page where there's no explanations at all for stuff because it just wasn't in the author's garden when they were planting all this stuff and and that's fine that's totally fine and i like what you said about like i'd rather have the imagination be let loose and be able to fill some of those gaps myself you know yeah um, yeah i'd rather
1: experience it in with its flaws than not to have experienced it at all you know totally
0: yeah and i think you can definitely say that about this series and i am so so excited for us to go over a court of frost and starlight and especially a quart of silver flames because that is a <laughs> way different <laughs> bag of bananas there it is just it is uh wow uh,
1: that's through nesta's view right yeah yeah, um, I'm I'm yeah. really have an eyebrow arched in that direction because Nesta, man, I, I'm a really positive person and like I really it's hard for me to understand like me personally to understand people who are just like sour always and it makes me just like not like them or have very much respect for them. And so unless they have like really good reasons or they're doing it in like a clever, cool, mysterious way, they usually insert Um, I
0: think you'll like Nesta a lot. Okay. Like, there's some okay, really, cool. really good parts of Silver okay. Flames. Like, there's, okay, good, I'm a little know, worried. You know how you, you ever have a moment with like one of your friends where you kind of they've done some things and you kind of make some assumptions about them and then they kind of like come clean to you about what's been going on with them. Right? Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, wow, I had no idea. And and it's a real, real moment between you two. Um, those moments happen a couple different times in Silver Flames and they're really visceral and really good. Um, okay. Yeah, Moss, I love Silver Flames. I think Moss hit it out of the park with that book. It's cool. It's a very Is cool book. Is it your book. favorite? no, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's no hesitation. way way too long it's like oh Silver how long is just, it? i don't know but it's just it goes on and on and on and um it's a cool it's a cool book for sure um I think I, she had but,
1: reached the point of her like authoring career where like, i have you no can take idea. all the time I have you no want idea.
0: um I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons but i mean Miss and fury in my opinion is the best book in this series and it's my favorite i really like frost and starlight a lot just because it's so like short to the point there's a couple really good scenes there's some really good conversations but it's just like a total vibe check and um it's like lots of it's like volaris in the winter time and it's all Ugh. snowy and cool and yeah, love you'll, like, you'll love it. Oh,
1: and it's gonna get me hyped for the winter because we're going into the winter and yeah. it's gonna
0: be snowy winter time in Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Um, okay, dope. so I think that'll do it for me uh, today. I mean, like, I guess I, I've got one more question. Um, okay, what do you think is gonna happen? What, let's just stick to a Court of frost and starlight. What do you think is gonna happen in this next little novella? <sighs> I have no idea. That's a perfect answer. Let's leave it at that. Because let's let's just because I want you to go into it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna elaborate. I'm not gonna do anything because I just want the you to experience it. The only
1: thing <laughs> that happened that I, gives me anything was like at the very end of this book, Reese is like, "Well, you know, I still got that dream, but ah, whatever. We'll get to it on another day." And then he like, "Humphs and strides off," and that's like, "Yep,
0: okay, the dream, yep, the dream, the dream, yep." We'll we'll get into that in. Uh, I am looking the next couple forward books. to it. Thank you oh. for
1: coming with such good questions to ask and pull all this stuff out of me. Some of the opinions I didn't even know. I was like fully versed on until you were like tell me about this i was like oh yeah so like good job uh and thank you for for joining me in my echo journey
0: yeah i mean that's why there's two people on this podcast because uh if either of us was just running it by ourselves it'd just be a lot of oh man uh, just <laughs> rambling into a mic we do our own <laughs> share so of weird. rambling but we're here to balance each other out too
1: absolutely you're the Yin to my yang
0: everybody thank you so much for listening to our recap and discussion for court of wings and ruin this has been a very fun journey and it was fun to pick this apart but uh somehow i think i like this book a little more now after talking about it with you chad
1: yeah like i said you never hate the blizzard
0: (laughs) everybody (laughs) thank you so much we really appreciate your time and of course happy reading
1: bye everybody